0: go to the root cause because a lot of us say things like it's my hormones that's it but we need to look at ourselves holistically and ask ourselves the question is what am I eating how much are you moving and part of us is putting ourselves through awareness back in control of where we are treating ourselves with compassion and acceptance so we gain a perspective The menopause isn't forever and it's not our life for the rest of our life.
1: Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgence, to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care, Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Nurse Podcast. Today I am joined by Clarissa Christensen. Clarissa is all the way over in Gothenburg in Sweden and I'm here in Perth, Western Australia. So we're having this conversation halfway around the world with each other. Um, it's very exciting to have you on the show, Clarissa. I've just seen to you how much i'm looking forward to this conversation
0: oh thank you elena for inviting me on the show i'm excited to be here and glad that a mutual friend connected
1: us yes they did didn't they thank you tracy tracy's actually been a guest on my podcast too so yeah it's um it's great to connect with you i'll just introduce you to the listeners so they know your background so Clarissa Christensen is an internationally recognized midlife and menopause transition coach and mentor. She helps women who are transitioning into midlife learn how to use holistic mind-body practices to manage their symptoms, regain confidence, and experience a new sense of freedom and energy. She's the host of Thriving Through Menopause podcast, a keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. Welcome. Thank I- you. I am so excited to have this conversation with you and I'll share something with you very quickly. I remember back in um, my early nursing career working with women who were going through menopause and of course I was early 20s and a few of them used to have these handheld fans for their hot flushes and I used to laugh and be like oh it can't be that bad. But now I find myself sitting in the corner of the recovery room with a laminated sheet of paper fanning myself when these hot flashes (laughs) come on. And I have flashbacks to my cheeky younger self giving these colleagues a hard time. So I apologise. You know who you are, ladies. And I am, yeah, karma's getting me. (laughs) (laughs) Karma does get you, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm so... I'm um, intrigued by what you do with the menopause transition stuff
0: oh very briefly I coach women yeah. who are really struggling and a lot of women come to me and quite often it's the mental side that's really rocking them I think women expect hot flashes and weight gain I mean you know it and that's manageable we feel we can manage that But what we don't expect is anxiety, insomnia, brain fog, and these huge mood swings, which go from wanting to sit in a corner and think, please, God, let this be over. And, and, you know, I just shut me away to rage, you know, just these strong emotions. And I think those are the things that really rock women today. And that's when they often come talking to me and saying can you help me I'm struggling at work I'm struggling with my relationships and I don't know what to do and all my doctor and I'm not knocking doctors at all but they tend to either dismiss me or push an antidepressant at me and I'm not depressed in a classical sense.
1: Yeah I've experienced this myself and although I'm a registered nurse I am quite alternative and holistic and I'll share with the listeners, you know, I've been perimenopausal since I was 36. And I remember initially they wanted to put me on um, HRT. And I thought, I'm not going on that at 36 years old. I'm going to try and manage this myself. But um, I have dabbled with the HRT. They've put me on different kinds. But I've taken myself off of it all again because I feel much better off of it than on it. But I know medical research shows that the younger you are, the higher risk you are for osteoporosis and cardiovascular disease. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. And I think it's just because as many of your listeners will understand is that the drop in estrogen just has those additive effects because it has 300, 300 functions in the body and what some of those are about bone density and about obviously the integrity of our vascular system, then of course, you know, not wanting that for to be longer than it needs to be. If you're another 15, 20 years, you you can be at more risk. And also because once we lose estrogen, once we're in in actual menopause itself and our ovaries have pretty much given up their, their function, then all the accelerated aging happens when estrogen drops. And it tends to do that after the progesterone drop. So what we're seeing then is the wrinkly skin, you know, the loss of collagen production, the loss of of flexibility. I'm doing this with my joints, but it's that loss of flexibility and stiffness. None of us want those aging things as well. So doctors are often helping younger women who are in this phase of life really survive it and, and not feel that suddenly I'm looking, you know, 10, 15 years older than everybody else around me.
1: Yeah, I because I remember trying to convince my GP, she was very much, no, I think you should take these tablets. And, and I said, look, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I exercise regularly, I practice, I teach mindfulness. She's like, okay, I'll let you off, but <laughs> let's just see how this goes. <laughs> because... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was interesting. And she's like, but you're a nurse. and I said, I know I'm a nurse, but I also believe that there's other ways to manage it. But yeah, that was just my personal experience. I dip in and out of it. And I know when I'm going through it because I get those the hot flushes are they're horrible one of they my colleagues healthy. yeah one of my colleagues said the other day I was sitting having one and he was like you're like your own little thermal nuclear reactor over there later because <laughs> I just got bright red
0: <laughs> I know we turn sort of like bright red and there's nothing we can actually do about that because we've actually just can't stop it we are bright red and we feel like it's getting hotter and the more we think about it the hotter we get until we
1: literally explode yeah and the night sweats and the insomnia I was like oh my goodness you know men if there's any men listening I think we'd be extinct a long time ago if they had to experience all this stuff (laughs) I'm not being sexist. I'm just being real yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I think when we're being real about it, we recognize that it's it takes a lot out of us because it's not just that we're having hot flash, it's the mind racing about what we think other people think. We get flustered, people think you're not competent at work, and then we don't sleep very well. So we we we're in sleep deficit and it's just tough.
1: Yeah, it is tough. And I think this will resonate with Lots of my listeners, because the average age of a nurse these days is 44. So, at that age, all these symptoms, if they haven't already started, they're very close. So, yeah, I was. That's why I was so keen to get you on, as as well as for personal reasons. So. For as you know, um, the Happy Nurse is all about promoting self care to nurses and healthcare professionals. So as part of that, I talk about having a non-negotiable in your self-care to ensure that your self-care needs are being met. What would be your non-negotiable, Clarissa?
0: Well, my non-negotiable is making time to do meditative practice. I'm also, like you, a mindfulness teacher, mindfulness practitioner. So I always say to people, there has to be time, even if it's 15 minutes, but preferably a little bit longer, which is quiet, Time. You can meditate formally if you like. You can do simple mindfulness practices like a body scan. I still do a lot of those, even though it's a long time ago since I trained people to, to do mindfulness. But that's my non negotiable. Otherwise, I'm not a particularly nice person to be around. I get a bit ratty and tetchy, and people start to notice in my family. And so, yes, making that time for yourself, quiet time is, is so important
1: yeah I think it is and especially as busy moms daughters you know nurses we're always there giving 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 so ensuring that you're taking that time just for you is so important and like you said you know it doesn't have to be formal meditation meditation can be so many different things and yeah I've done podcasts on that before about how it often gets associated with sitting in the lotus position, chanting on, you know, but that's that's not what meditation is really that can take all sorts of different forms of practice. Yeah, and
0: definitely things like going for a mindful walk where you don't take your phone with you. So you've left that that distraction at home and there you are just walking nicely if there's a nice park if you can be by. luckily in Australia if you're here you're, you can be by the ocean sometimes but just that time of quiet listening to nature is fantastic and that's meditation too.
1: Yeah totally I quickly realized when I started promoting self-care to nurses that self-care often gets associated with bubble baths trips to the day spa when actually there's so much more to it than that so i created a model of self-care that broke it down into five different aspects the mental emotional physical spiritual and indulgent aspects and the indulgent aspects are the aspects i was just talking about you know the the stuff that often gets associated with a self-care practice what is your idea of indulgent self-care Oh,
0: for me, that would probably be a massage, something that in this time is, is missing. But I love a nice, deep, holistic massage, nice oils, quiet space, nice music. I love it. And that's my that's my time. And that's something that I, I don't do very often because, you know, it takes time. And also because, you know, that's a fair financial outlay for anybody to have a really good professional massage person so i save that for treats
1: and you're in sweden so you'll get the best massages swedish Ooh, massages are. are awesome
0: <laughs> i know if you like they really push hard i promise you
1: <laughs> um, yeah what a beautiful part of the world i've just seen to clarissa before we jumped on i've been to sweden a couple of times and it's just stunning up there if you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try Why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I speak about turning up as the best versions of ourselves because I believe if we're turning up at work as nurses, as the best versions of ourselves, we are offering the best possible care to our patients. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself Clarissa?
0: Well, one of them is definitely my own mindfulness teacher and that's Bijamala Birch and from Breathworks. I mean, she is now one of the top 100 disabled people in the UK and she shows up. I've done meditation retreats with her, mindfulness training with her when She really wasn't very well. I mean, she's uh, semi-paraplegic. She, you know, she's has very difficult days, but I love that she always shows up for her students. And when she can't be there physically, she makes sure someone else has taken her class. And we all understand that, you know, she is really putting herself out there for her clients, for her students. And that inspires me because I'm an incredibly physically fit person. And very active so to be like she is would be life debilitating for some people but she's never stopped her from building a, a world class mindfulness training organization from stepping up for the british pain society writing books podcasting i don't know what she doesn't do and always with this amazing smile so she's my inspiration in life
1: oh wow what an amazing person i'm gonna to have to check her out i've not actually heard of her before I will definitely look her up. So I'd love to unpack a bit more about what you do and what, you, what advice you can offer any of the nurses out there who are facing perimenopause and menopause symptoms at the moment.
0: Well, what I do with women is go to the root cause because a lot of us say things like, it's my hormones, that's it. But we need to look at ourselves holistically and ask ourselves the question is, what am I eating? You know, And there's been, and there's no criticism because we've all been self soothing a bit in this time of life, but how much sugar, carbs, alcohol, are we soothing ourselves with to make ourselves feel better? They're not going to make any of our symptoms better. They're going to make our gut inflamed and we need a strong, healthy gut. And they're not going to make us feel clear and less brain foggy. So really go, what are you eating? How much are you moving? You know, even if it's going for a regular walk, you'd be amazed at how many women say to me, I don't have time and don't exercise sufficiently. So it's not about, you know, big and people saying big hit classes and this and that, you know, maybe some very simple gentle yoga and a walk around the park is enough But those are some of the baseline things. And then, of course, this dreaded thing, sleep. But we can do a lot to support ourselves with our sleep. And then I work with women on their stress and their emotions. And we do a lot of setting the ground and then working with us, managing stress better, meeting our emotions, a lot of the mindfulness work, and treating ourselves with compassion so that we actually can, can feel that we're in control. And part of us is putting ourselves through awareness back in control of where we are, treating ourselves with compassion and acceptance. So we gain a perspective. The menopause isn't forever and it's not our life for the rest of our life. It's maybe, you know, for some women it can be 10 years, but for many women it is four or five years. Being able to meet it well is gonna help us with our mindset and with seeing it for what it is, a transition to the next phase of our lives. So it's a very holistic program that brings in a lot on mindset, mindfulness, resilience building, alongside getting our baseline health right. Then there may be times that I would refer somebody to maybe somebody needs HRT, maybe someone needs to work more closely with a nutritionist or maybe they actually need the help of a therapist maybe they need cognitive behavioral therapy because it's re- they're really having difficulties with anxiety or depression and we shouldn't suffer with those or just take simple medication because we know that things like CBT work incredibly well for helping us with a variety of symptoms
1: yeah That's so true. I know my own mindfulness practice has definitely helped me. And initially, when I was first diagnosed as perimenopausal, I was only 36. So that's four years ago. I just, yeah, I took the tablets back then. But now I have addressed my diet, like you just said. And I actually, I've been vegetarian for a couple of years. And earlier this year, I knocked out the dairy too, With doing that, I found that I'd also knocked out a whole heap of sugar because obviously if you're not having the cakes because it's got the dairy in it. And all my symptoms went away when I did that. Within a couple of weeks, I was absolutely blown away just how effective it was. So, yeah, I'm a big advocate for looking at what you're consuming as well. I also gave up alcohol for a long time too. Yes. But recent times have seen me having the odd glass of wine or two again. So <laughs> <laughs> But
0: I think that's that's okay. I mean, it's not that like we're sitting here and saying you can never eat another biscuit, you can never oh, have a yeah. glass. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. But sugar just doesn't help us. It contributes to weight gain, it makes the body anxious. And if we already have anxiety or very high low moods, then having sugar crashes up and down adds to that tremendously. It sets the body into fight and flight. We produce even more cortisol. And that's just not what the body needs because cortisol does lots of other things than just make us anxious. It's dampening down our progesterone production. So if we've already got progesterone going down in the body and we dampen it down further, what we get is the deficit between estrogen and progesterone, which is, causing a lot of our symptoms to come forth so we don't want too much estrogen dominance in the body it's not that we're producing more if anybody asking but we don't want this disparity between the two to be greater and similarly cortisol of course impacts the body's ability to produce melatonin so we're not syncing our body clocks right so if we're struggling with sleep because of of hot flashes and the night sweats, we don't need to add fuel to the fire. And that's why getting sugar out of the system as much as we can and managing our stress and our busy, you know, our crazy minds at times is so important.
1: Yeah, I totally agree because I know my symptoms get worse when I am stressed. I've noticed that there's definitely a pattern there. And I think... I've got to stop this because one is leading to the other. So that's when the mindfulness obviously comes back in. What are your tips
0: for dealing with brain fog then? Well, my tips for dealing with brain fog are are dietary, but they're also about relaxing. When it happens, what we do is our mind races. And I think a lot of that just gets worse because our mind is racing and we're going oh my God, everybody can see I've missed a meeting. I've triple booked myself. We do things like that. Or I get lost, even though I've got Google Maps, can't find my way anywhere or the best one, of course, is to go somewhere. And if you're a, if you're a nurse and you stand there, I think, I wonder what that consultant's called, and you've met him millions of times, and you sort of stand there like a like a sort of dumbfounded, dumbstruck, and they're all
1: looking at her, thinking, "What's wrong with her?" You know? <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. I did that not long ago. One of my colleagues, I was trying to call on her, and I'm like, "What's her name? What's her name?" What's-? It just completely left me. I thought, "Alina, you know her name," but I'm glad that there's a reason for this. I'm not just crazy. Yes. No.
0: And, and I think things like resting and staying hydrated, practicing, focusing, you know, that's where mindfulness comes in as well. So we're strengthening our ability to focus. All of those things can help us to manage brain fog. And it does go away. That's, that's the thing to recognize. And I would say we shouldn't worry that it's early dementia. And I think a lot of women do get concerned and think, gosh, I'm, I'm going into that. You're not. I mean, looking after yourself so that your brain stays healthy is a different thing. But brain fog itself is not a direct correlation to any form of cognitive degeneration.
1: OK, that's very reassuring to know, because some days I think am i losing my mind because i yeah the brain fog's very real at times but yeah the joys of being a midlife woman exactly exactly and and I, all we can say is that
0: these things do pass and it's not linear as well i'd say to any of the listeners here menopause isn't this kind of linear thing that stays the same there are there are phases when it seems not to be so bad you can have Times when there's a lot of hot flashes, then there's times when, you know, you may be anxious, maybe your weight goes up and it moves and shifts. And eventually, suddenly, your periods have stopped, things seem to die down. And then, you know, eventually just tails away and you've forgotten about it. But you feel a very different person on the other side, I'd say. Well, that's interesting. How do you feel different? I think you're more confident, and there's a sense of you get some energy back. It's like the body's more balanced again. And you suddenly think, oh, well, and if you have a family, you go, my children have grown up, I can reassess what I want to do. And I think some of the most positive people, full of energy, are people who are postmenopausal women. They seem to step into this new role and go for it. People starting businesses, going, you know, going to do anything they want, podcasts. I mean, it's amazing what women post-menopause are postmenopausal doing
1: today. Slightly like find this new lease for life yeah how amazing so if any of the listeners would like to look you up or have a chat with you where can they find you the best place is actually
0: my website which is my name Christensen.com. that makes it reasonably easy and um, I'm also on Instagram and I'm on Instagram as thriving through menopause yeah i'm on there and you can find me on on instagram as well and i'm quite active on there
1: awesome and what's your podcast called thriving through menopause okay awesome so they can we will put the links to all of this in the show notes of this episode so they'll be able to find you there well thank you so much for jumping on the show today it's been lovely to Pick your brain on a personal level. So thank you for sharing all your words of wisdom and advice. I'm sure there's lots of other nurses out there are gonna benefit from this conversation we've had today. Thank you
0: so much for having me and having such a nice chat. I enjoyed that. And I hope that you know, for the listeners, it does end. It is just a transition,
1: and there's life after menopause, I promise. Woohoo! I can't wait. although life's pretty good just now i shouldn't complain. thank you clarissa it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to the happy nurse podcast if you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the happiness community head over to facebook and check out the happiness a u facebook page and request to join the happiness community also check out happiness.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you should freely give to others.